0: Vivek Ramaswamy is running for Vice President. My name is Quinn Mitchell, and this is End the Tussle. Today, I will tell you why I think Vivek Ramaswamy is running for Vice President after hearing his messaging and describing words for Donald Trump change over a time frame of five months attending his town halls. My first events for Vivek Ramaswamy came in April and May of 2023, when he was a relatively unknown candidate and polling at 1%. Um, Immediately in his opening message, I recognized what outlier he was in terms of his messaging among opponents. Uh, I really recognized in that time that he was going to appeal to a very specific voting block in, in the Republican electorate and would really appeal to them and would probably win their vote. And what he was saying, he'd probably be one of the few, if not the only candidate, um, prone to win over the MAGA voting bloc. Um, but with a lot of those candidates and his really far right messaging, um, That is definitely a losing argument in the general election, like with a lot of candidates and how you handle um, really divisive and culture war issues and really swing states that could determine the election. So it's definitely a losing argument in general, but it's definitely going to win him support in the Republican electorate. That's just a side point I found really interesting. Um, But I was really just shocked at what the bluntness he was saying, I mean, relative to his opponents. His opening statement was saying we were in a national identity crisis and to feel included people sought out quotes cults, such as the climate cult he said it, we need to drill frack burn he said climate change was a hoax he said trans is a mental illness he said we need to raise the voting age to 25 i mean i was r- surprised and now in this episode you will definitely hear me say quote compared to his other candidates. And that is because he is a completely different candidate in the Republican Party in terms of his messaging. He has virtually no political experience. And ironically questioned Al Sharpton on his while he was a student in Harvard and why he had none. And this is a side note. um, A comparison you will hear people call. Uh, Bud- you will hear people compare Pete Buttigieg and Vivek Ramaswamy uh, for one reason. They're pretty much polar opposites when it comes to every single political issue and pretty much everything alike with them. But there is one one thing that they are alike on, and that is that, and that is when they entered the race as basically relatively unknown people in their political party, um, and they emerged as really well known and probably one of the more influential figures in the next decade. Uh, in the next decade. So, that's what they're alike in, and you really saw them both rising above the really more seasoned and experienced politicians who are expected to do way well, uh, way uh, very well in this election. Um, And he, Ramaswamy self-funds his campaign. I mean, he doesn't rely on half a dozen or so billionaires virtually run his campaign, which is actually a huge advantage um, with people like DeSantis and Never Back Down. His campaign is virtually ran by seven billionaires in a lot of ways. Uh, In every aspect, because they really rely on them to keep their campaign afloat with their TV ads and their marketing and everything they need to get DeSantis's message out there. Um, And they need those donors. So DeSantis might have to align or convince them. And just the fact that Ramaswamy doesn't have to deal with that and he self funds his campaign is a huge advantage. And I actually, Ramaswamy is a biotech billionaire. Um, He actually, if not a billionaire, he's in the hundreds of millions. He's a very rich person. And the fact that he can self-fund his campaign is a huge advantage of him uh, relative to the other candidates. Um, He pisses off pretty much every single candidate he's up against because he just goes up against the more seasoned politicians and wins most of the time. And finally, and most importantly, he is young, an attribute which is now looked, um, now more than ever, in politicians. You know, the, the ironic thing with that is he probably pisses off Gen Z, the youth, more than any other voting block, wanting to disfranchise them, saying that the issue that worries them the most is a hoax and not a concern. Now, that being said, in the town hall I did end up going to, he did have a lot of the youth asking questions, which I didn't see in other candidates. But definitely when you say that a generation's main concern and you want to disfranchise them, I would just consider that you would be very unpopular in that generation. But, you know, who knows? Now, that's just, I mean, what I make of it. Um, but I was definitely surprised at how many young people were asking him questions. he got asked by a 10 year old he's got asked by multiple ten 10 year olds. So he definitely inspires some of the youth but I-, I just you know like I said, I don't think that's a winning argument among the, amongst the youth. And in case you just have not drawn this yet, he is a political outsider in pretty much every way and people love it. I mean he's polling second place in some polls now. Uh, ahead of DeSantis, which probably is pretty embarrassing for him. And I should add, I mean, it's a very distant second place. Uh, Trump's in the 55, uh, low 60s now. And some of these candidates are still in the second place. I think he's in some polls. He's in single digits. So who knows? In this election, the real battle might be for second place. It might not be for the first place because the polls are right. Trump has that pretty uh, definitely locked down. But now the question for Vivek being in this position is considering he seems to be pretty much the only candidate who can peel away the MAGA voting block, which is no normal statement, okay? Um, it is unheard of to have a candidate and it takes quite a person to be able to peel off a voting block that likes their candidate and is so passionate about their candidate. Uh, it's a voting block I consider uh, to be unchangeable in a lot of ways. And, you know, the question for uh, Vivek is uh, there's two options he needs to consider okay when it comes to being a president or vice president now the first option will result in trump getting pissed off at you if you continue to rise at the polls and he starts to consider you a real threat rather than just someone who continues to defend you at a republican presidential debate and if he no longer considers you an advantage and he thinks that you actually want to be president okay and you know that f- concern hunts haunts many politicians in this country i mean there's some politicians who the MAGA support is just too big that if they go against trump trump basically cancel them lose all that support and will put up a candidate who supports him that's just a trump strategy which is pretty interesting and works quite successfully um even though they've lost a lot of generals but they usually do in the primaries so now trump attacking vivek would be detrimental to him considering he is basically a trump lookalike, and his large block of support lies around the maga base that's not saying he has the support but a lot of people like the like him and a lot of people like him in the maga movement which makes up more than half the Republican electorate that could pretty much define his political career outside of trump when trump retires he could be the next trump um so that would definitely define him in a lot of ways so choosing if you actually want to be president or vice president in a cycle is a huge decision, and he's actually, in my opinion, going for the decision that political politically suits him more, and that that is the latter. Um, and I really think he's running for vice president, um, and here's why. Before he rose um, in the polls and became a well-known figure in American politics, he would often attack Trump. Uh, not a lot of people think that and it's even more surprising to trump supporters to hear that and it's even more detrimental to him as these continue these these continued statements to come out but after january 6th he said and i quote what trump did last week was wrong downright abhorrent plain and simple and in may in a town hall i went to he said that if trump did not attend the debates it would it essentially disqualify him from being president and then went on to say he was the establishment because if he could not debate trump How could he sit across the table from Xi Jinping? Now, knowing the backstory of how he used to describe Trump, I would like to go now to the town hall I attended on Saturday to just let everybody um, in my viewership know how he has changed, uh, what he's saying now. So on Saturday, I attended a Salmi event in Newport, New Hampshire. It was a night event. Um, It was a school night. So definitely wasn't my favorite event relative to the time and the time frame of it. I was yawning. I was pretty tired. And he was pretty late. He was like 40 minutes late. But when he definitely, when he finally came around um, after saying his usual remarks around an identity crisis and uh, other issues, which actually, you know, he's just so, he's so set far apart and he's just not the normal stuff. It's actually really, really interesting and exciting to hear him speech because just because this speech is like unlike anybody else. It is a very, like, I can't stress what a unique speech it is. But he came around to finally taking questions, and he has some interesting thoughts around um, Israel. Um, and he actually, he made it sound like he wanted to create an Iron Dome for the United States. Now, I don't know how logistically that would work. I don't know much about it. I, it sounds like an interesting idea, but I don't know how logistically that would work. So I actually want to um, ask him a question about that, because I'm genuinely curious if he actually wants to build the Iron Dome for the United States. And now before this event, and I think I pointed this out in my CNN interview, um, I said that Ramaswamy was one of the top answers and questions. I mean, when it came to how thorough he answered him, um, when it came to how a lot of his campaign messages were around encouraging healthy debates, uh, his campaign likes to say that he was willing to take each and every follow-up and engage basically anybody who has a question to him. After attending that event and after seeing some of the questions, um, he dodged. Uh, I'm going to give you a spoiler. He somewhat dodged my question. We'll get into that later. But he somewhat dodged mine. And, you know, people recognize that too. Um, And he really does not like follow-ups. I mean, when a question on immigration came up and the guy wanted to ask a follow-up, he rose his hand. He um, just said, I want to ask a follow-up. And Vivek kind of ignored him and was like, yup, yup, just trying to shut him off. Um, And I really think he will avoid follow-ups unless he considers a subject... Like one that suits his political interests and he can capitalize on. So now that being said, I do want to give some compliments because I think credit is uh, I gotta give some due credit. So he's an energetic and young politician. Hm. I wish there were more people in the in parties and more politicians who are like that, but it's a rarity to see that uh, nowadays. He's a really energetic and young politician, um, and he's been very nice to me as well. He's always taken my question, taken my questions which I deeply respect. Um, I've been able to go after him like, after events and ask him some thoughts. I mean, you can disagree or hate him, but um, I've always found that if I, you just go up after an event, he's willing to have a conversation for a long time about whatever subject you want to talk about. In April, I had like a five-minute discussion with him about the uh, funding to Ukraine. Um... And, I mean, that's definitely a deeply divided issue in the GOP today. That was kind of when it was, like, relatively unknown. So, it was definitely kind of interesting and definitely a rarity to see him talk about that. But, and he really always encourages youth involvement um, and one thing I believe around that is we're such in a momentous time period and the politicians we elect and the policies they set forth and how they determine how they deal with issues like climate change um, could be consequential to our future. So no matter what you believe, you need to be involved in that. Um, one way or the other, for whatever party. You just should be supporting what you believe and um, get out there. And Vivek encourages that, which I deeply respect. So, that being said, I'm going to play my question now. I don't know if I should play all of it. I'm just going to play the parts that I think are relevant to it. There was like two minutes where he didn't really say that much. So, I think I'm going to just play the couple couple minutes of it, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts about it. So, let's hear it. Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. My name is Quinn, and I'm 15 years old so in a previous event, you said the following. My view is that if you're not willing to sit across the table from NBC News or across to the debate stage from me as the outsider. If- this is the quote uh, from May. Um, the Daily Beast broke that. Rob We said this, just a little bit of backstory. This is what I'm referring to. If you're Donald Trump, then I don't think you're fitted to be the person sitting across the table from Xi Jinping. In a later interview, you said you were fine with Trump skipping the first couple of debates.
1: First couple
0: is the key. Yeah. Why the change in tone? Is it because you think there might be a a place for you in the Trump administration? Thank you so much. Yeah, I I, I appreciate that. What's your name? Quinn. Quinn. Appreciate it. Fifteen years old. Engaged in the process. I
1: appreciate
0: it. I really appreciate that comment. You can make what the response you want he gives, which I'll play in a little bit. Uh, But I I do really appreciate that comment. So thanks, feedback.
1: His interesting. Yeah, we're good. Well, tell your parents. Nice work. Thank you. I appreciate that, too. So, I uh, know I'm not looking for a number two position. I think that it's just the way you're going to make contributions to this country. That's the way, I think Donald Trump and I probably share something in common. Neither of us do well in the number two position. I do expect him to be my advisor. And I would say probably in my first year, probably my most important mentor in the White House. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to understand where the bodies are buried. I want to get the there start. But the way I'm gonna reunite this country and reach the next generation is by doing it from the president's. I do expect that he will be on that debate stage. I think it's gonna be good for the country. I think that we need to be able to have an open debate in this country, left, right, and out matter. That's one of the things I've committed to in this campaign is to talk to everyone possible. policy. I don't care what your political affiliation is, I don't care what your age is. We will, within the balance of time alone, being our only constraint, but not ideology, talk to everybody in this country. I'm not wanting to lead a political party. I am wanting to lead a nation. And I do think that that's one of the areas where I want to push the Republican Party.
0: All right, so I'm not going to play the rest of it because I don't you want to hear the rest of the five-minute response, but in the entirety of it, he basically just went, his, his, his ending things is he just thinks everybody should show up. So what are my thoughts about it? um i think he somewhat answered it um i'll tell you why first of all when it comes to if he's seeking a spot in the trump administration what he says is that him and trump basically what he said is that they have too big of an ego to be in a number two spot and they don't think they would function well what I drew away from that is he isn't downright saying, absolutely not. I would, I, you know, I would never, ever serve in the Trump em-. No, he's not saying that. He's leaving, he's leaving that open. He's, he's, he's considering that as a possibility. So he didn't downright say no. He didn't defend, defend, de- uh, definitely answer the question. So that's my takeaway from that question. I think he somewhat answered, but didn't fully answer it. Now, um, I didn't want to ask three questions. So I asked two questions at the end. Um, and my third one, I wanted to ask, so I went up to ask her after, I had a really quick conversation. Um, I just asked him, do you think it's disqualifying for Trump to be president? Um, to be, um, Do you think it's disqualifying for Trump not to show up in the debate stage? And to see if he'd go along with what he said in May. Basically, what he to- told me is that um, he thinks Trump should show up to the debate stage, but he doesn't think it's disqualifying in his words. Uh, That's that's the gist of what he said. Uh, It's definitely going against what he said in May. So, final conclusion. He has changed what he has said about Trump and his messaging around Trump to appease those Trump voters, to gain their support somewhat. Not so he can become president, but to determine his political future. Um, and do well in his political future. So that's what he's doing. He's setting himself up for Trump. Now, there's a lot of competition amongst the GOP for the Trump uh, vice presidency. Um, there's MTG, there's Byron um, McDonald McDaniels. I don't know if to say he's a Florida congressman. And then there's Kerry Lake. Uh, there's a few other people too. But I think uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is a very viable option. He's certainly um, looking to that. Um, he's a very popular person within the MAG movement. And that, that being said, he doesn't exactly have the votes of the MAG movement. But he is very well-liked, and that's where a lot of his support um, is. So, if he continues to rise in the polls, Trump will probably consider him a threat. Um, just because of what he is saying, it aligns with so much of what the Magnum believes. Um, and he he is aligning himself to be Trump's vice president. And that's why he is leaving that option opening Open, and that's why he is not definitely saying that he would not be Trump's vice president, and that's why he's changing his messaging. That's Those are some of my thoughts. We'll um, be back next week. I have a very busy schedule this week with 12-hour school days, so I won't be really able to respond. I just wanted to rush this episode tonight. Uh, if you have any questions or just want to reach out, my email is quinnmitchell2024 at gmail.com my twitter is into the tussle. we reached 900 followers 1000 is next we're, we're trying to shoot for the moon here i uh, hope we can get to that um next uh next week uh, i think i should be going to two events this week i i had some um i had to work some miracles with my advisor at school to get to these but i think i hopefully i achieve that um rfk is coming to walpole tomorrow it's to my hometown he's coming 5 minutes away so i'm hoping to get to that I'm Hoping to ask him a question i don't know if it's campaign manager Dennis kutsuch i i'm butchering his last name he's a pretty uh famous presidential candidate i don't know if you'll i didn't think he actually exactly liked my question to rfk the last time i saw him which was like if he beat trump's VP uh well i'm hopefully i'll get to ask my question i'm going to Christie on tuesday i want to challenge some stuff i'm still considering Christie is definitely one of the more harder candidates to form a question there so wish me luck now, those are the two candidates um, I'm going to see this week. The schedule is pr- prone to change. But my Sunday episode will hopefully be around some question. like Because um, this episode is basically based on the question I asked Ramaswamy and some of thoughts and how his messaging has changed. So we'll, we'll see what those questions bring. I hope they bring something uh, podcast-worthy. If not, I'll just talk about some experiences I've had in the 2020 primary. Now, suggestions, ideas, whatever, feedback, I don't care. Um... Um, email at gmail.com. I don't want this podcast to go on forever but um, if you really like the podcast um, please make, make sure to leave it a 5 star review I greatly support it. it the algorithm likes it more if I have 5 star reviews so I greatly support that I don't want to take up any, any more of your day so thank you so much for watching this and I will see you guys next week thank you so much, bye bye